show up as who you are, but don't let somebody else define that for you. Ask questions that help you to understand who you are, because it is very challenging. Find somebody that you know, like, trust, and admire to get that information from. Don't stop trying to figure out who you are and, you know, you're on your way. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Uh, One of them is sitting outside on the porch with mom. Like I said, it's kind of a sunny day out, right? It's nice. So they're out there talking about where we're going next, right? Because we just sold our house and we're in an Airbnb now and we're transitioning to the next place, right? So just getting excited for where we're going from where we've been so that they have something to look forward to. Hey, before we get started though, yeah. I just want to I want to say now we're live, right? I love what you're doing here. I love the whole idea of doing this as a the word decision. It's a fun mm-hmm. word, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people don't dig too deep into the word itself and I didn't really until Bob Proctor. I got to give him credit for like making me just pay attention <laughs> to the word decide, right? And yeah. just kind of what that means and then how you're doing applying it through a lens, right? Because I think a lot of yeah. people they feel like they don't see it as a lens, whoever they are, wherever they're from, they just see that as themselves and they don't understand that you and I, we're, we are like walking filtration systems, everything that's coming in, like we have our own set of specific filters or lenses and how we're going to mm-hmm. look through the world. But you're saying here, you're like, let's do this now as humanity as stakeholders. Let's do this now yeah. as you know, your last month and whatever you're going into next month. And the other part that I love about what you're doing is you're doing it on a global scale, right? Another thing that we do often is like, we expend a lot of energy on a micro scale and it takes the same mm-hmm. amount of energy to do that at a global scale, right? It just depends it's on where you want to focus. So I want to say thank you for what you're doing, leading the way and getting other people to just engage the way that you are having these raw, honest communications, right? And sharing that you know, on a global scale, it's really cool. And thanks Thank for having you. Me. I yeah. so appreciate you. And I appreciate you being on the table today because, you know, these are literally just conversations. And I think that it's so easy for us to, to have set up interviews to go, this is what we want. But how do we keep evolving if we do that? And I think you bring up such an interesting point around the whole concept of it doesn't take any more energy to think beyond our own walls and to think even global. And I know for lots that that's kind of a scary word, the global. Why is it not so scary for you? Oh, it is, right? Okay, it, it, good, it, you know, uh, uh, it's only scary when you think of it on a global scale, right? And if, you know, if I so choose though, I can go ahead and say, what about if I think about this on a, a universal scale, right? What yeah. if I can, you know, reduce this down to a size, right? And, yeah. you know, kind of uh, do it by reductionist, Or again, right, just kind of take a look at it and remind myself that quite honestly, you know, I hadn't thought about it for a while. Like what I've been doing is I reach out on a global scale myself, Mm. but making that intentionally global. I'm doing it unintentionally, right? Yeah. But if I go ahead and I put the global intent behind it, I'm doing exactly what you're saying here. It's a different lens, 
right? I'm applying yeah. it's a totally different lens that's being applied. So it's scary to think about if you've never thought about it before. It's scary yeah. to think about if you've never stepped into that space before. But once you kind of head into that direction and you realize, like, you know, for my first podcast, right? When you first, mm. first get involved in going global uh, or pressing that send button that goes out to literally anyone in the universe could who could figure out how to connect to the internet could hear you speaking yeah. and hear like your message the first time you press send and you don't go up into a ball of flames that gives you a little courage to send out the next one <laughs> do you right? have those moments where you literally go okay i've got to do this oh, i don't really want to do this i've just pressed it like 100%. i literally have done that so many times in my life yeah yeah all the time all the time i, I mean i do it, with, I, do I, it. I do it at work I do it. I do yeah. it at work. I'm like, I, you know, I try and second guess like emails or whatever. I'm like, does this sound right? Does this send? I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Like at the end of the yeah. day, like, I don't know, you know, I'm sorry if I offended someone, but at the same time, I'm just trying to do my job, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever that is, there's no malintent behind it. Right. And uh, press send. Yeah. You know, worst case scenario is you, uh, yeah. you don't get to do it again. <laughs> so then if you think of it through that lens, right? Like, all we're doing is going, hey, instead of thinking just maybe our walls or even just our little sphere of influence and we think global, then why is it so scary for us to even to consider that or intentionally do that? Why do you think we, and yourself included in this, have not done it intentionally? Well, you know, I'm going to reference a lot of just, you know, you know, the only thing I can do is my own experiences, right? I'm going to exactly. reference a lot of that when I first did my first podcast. I had the kind of the same question, right? Um, mm. And I was working with a coach then and I was like, well, what gives me the audacity to be XYZ authority in this space? Hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, who gives, who gives me the permission to, you know, who's given me the permission to do this? And he's like, you do. Right. And that's true. Right. So you give yourself permission to be whoever you want to be, do whatever you want to do and step into whatever space you're willing to step into. Right. I don't know if I've done it for a little bit, but I would I would introduce myself on the podcast as uh, the voice of a generation, right? Mm. And I did it for a while and I still do it, but the deal is, and I always call it out. I'm like, you know what? I call myself the voice of a generation. Yeah. Nobody's ever refuted it. Nobody's ever sent me back an email that says, no, you're not, right? Nobody's ever said, hey, no, you're not the voice of a generation. You mm. can't be the voice of a generation. So just by invoking like my own authority to go ahead and go do it, Right. I get to go. I ahead actually and really it. seriously um, relate to this side of it because I remember when I was like, uh, actually, it kind of started even further back. I remember when I was like, just I went into business. I'd, we, we were already running a company. So it wasn't like, and in fact, that was a business at that time and not a company. And then I swapped it over to a company space. But I remember when I went first into that and I was like, okay, not a problem. I can do this thing. And then I wanted to set up my own business. And I thought, well, everyone keeps telling me you're amazing at like workplace balance and the most boring conversation really, honestly, around. But like I went into that and worked with women entrepreneurs. You're a woman. You can work with entrepreneurs. There we go. There's a perfect niche for you. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. And I remember doing that and being so frustrated and I nearly killed the woman that I worked with because a lot of them were very, very, and beautiful women, don't get me wrong, but 
I was trying to do things with them that they weren't ready for. And in the same way, they were like still worried about the same things a year later. And I just, I was getting frustrated. They were getting frustrated. We were not the right fit at all. And I remember going through that journey and going, there must be something else that I'm meant to be using my genius zone for. And here was the problem that I had to find out was what it was that ingenious zone. And I think of what you're saying there. And I wonder if it's because we go through that space of imposter syndrome that many speak of, right? Where we go, we could be doing this. We want to own that. But are we really truly that? And I think for me, the journey came out of that going, okay, everyone keeps saying, and I always find myself in leadership. I guess I should be in leadership. And then I was like, I don't really like where leadership's going, so I don't want to be known as a leader. And that was where I was challenged. Okay, I don't like it. I don't like where it's going. I don't not like what it's about. Maybe I should step up and become a leader of what I actually really like and think that is absolutely what leadership should be about or could be about or whatever that is, right? And I remember going through that and then I was like, okay, okay, I'm in leadership. I'm going to own this, you know, and be there and be a part of it. And then I went to that next space of going, I really feel that I have something to add to the global leadership space. And boy, did that that uh, moment go where, who am I? What am I about? Why would I even consider to be in that space? And I just tiptoed in there. I checked it out. And realized that it was very, very easy for me to have conversation in there. I even had laughs. I enjoyed myself there. And I just said one day, and I looked on the internet and I said, who is owning global leadership landscape, you know, in that space? And I always thought people like, you know, maybe an Anthony Robbins or, a, you know, like some of the greats that we've known for a long time, they don't actually own the space of global leadership. They own the space of many different titles, but I never saw any of them come out as global leadership. And I thought, what if I could just kind of own that space and go and work with leaders across the globe to see how we can change the global leadership landscape? That would be pretty cool. But let me tell you, that imposter syndrome, whoo, who am I to speak in that space? But I realized there were a lot of, and it's something I'm dealing with on a daily basis right now. And that is a lot of people want to be doing some of this stuff. A lot of people want to see the change happening. But not many people are going, pick me to be that person to bring that change, to step into that space. And I figured if not me, then who? If not now, then when? No, and literally sorry. that became the thing. Yeah, no, no. I'll, you know, so if you talk about imposter syndrome right and the, mm -hmm. to me i think the reason that you're going to feel like you're an imposter is because you're trying to emulate somebody else and not yourself right oh good point right like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know and then the idea of somebody picking you to be a leader that's okay but by definition leaders kind of appoint themselves right and they kind of step up themselves they don't wait to be picked Right? They identify themselves as a leader. They do what it takes to lead. Therefore, ergo, they, they lead, right? You're not following somebody else's path. You're creating one. You're blazing one. Uh, but I think that's where the problem was. I didn't want to pick myself. I would pick you over me any day. So that's, you know, that's probably, you know, I'm going to assume that 
you've been taught to be humble, to be grateful, not to stick your head up, to be humble, like, you know, all these other yes things. Yes and that no. Were yes and yeah. no. Yeah. Yes and no. Yeah. I just, I always, I didn't like the attention being on me. Why not? I, I'd rather it was on you. Well, I mean, you know, why not be on you? Because then there's a responsibility. But I mean, you, as a leader, you assume responsibility, right? That, that's- ah, but I don't know that I wanted that responsibility to be mine. So where does that leave you? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, so, yeah, where, yeah, where it, it, it? well, it left me going, I don't want to be this. And it took me a while to own the space in that way, right? And so I think that that's the interesting piece is, you know, it's easy for us to go, it sounds good. I'll let someone else do it. But the problem is that someone else isn't stepping into that space. Or if they do, they might not do it the way that you could do it. And mm. I think that that challenged me because I wasn't seeing other people step in it. And when I did see them step into that space, they weren't doing it in a collaborative way or a, there were pieces missing that I go, or maybe it, they weren't even using the lands of humanity as stakeholders. And so I just went, okay, if it's not me, then I've, you know, and I don't do this now, then I can only, I think my thing was, I can only have my myself to blame at the end of my life for me not stepping up and doing it. Well, yeah, sure, right? That's the whole, you're either part of the problem, part of the solution, right? I know. It sounds so, whis- but here's the thing, this sounds so, I get it and I had to step up and I did it. But in your case, why did it take you that moment to stop and hesitate to not just own it straight away? And I think that this is what I would like to pull out from it. Well, it's, so I work in like, you know, kind of the spiritual domain, right? Mm. The awareness domain, the expanding consciousness domain, right? Which is, you know, works really well with flow state, right? Uh, the flow state conversation, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, yeah. that space, right? So with each kind of level of awareness or each expansion state, right? You start off small and you, your ring continues to expand as you evolve, mm-hmm. right? So I stepped out beyond what I was comfortable with and I let it grow. And there's the opportunity to shove it and rush it. <laughs> or there's the opportunity to, you know, just let it grow and flourish, right? Like, uh, who, you know, I go between like the whole Buddha's got like that squeezing the rosebud thing, right? Like, hmm. just, tell me squeeze, more about that. Well, I mean, if you squeeze the rosebud, right, that doesn't make it flower any faster, right? If you take mm. a rosebud and you squeeze it, that doesn't, you, you kill it, you smush it, right? You're not <laughs> helping it along. You can't rush that, right? So mm. I think we're in a in a place where we're still being fueled by the industrial age, better, faster, harder, stronger. And mm. is that really what we're meant to do? Is that evolution or are we suffocating ourselves? Mm. And your thoughts? My thoughts are, you know, I think that personally, you know, trying to go with that level, depending again on your, your outcome goals is you're probably suffocating yourself. Right. Give yourself the space to grow. It took me years. It was actually, it's funny because it was my brother-in-law who's uh, in the military who taught me the word grace, right? Give yourself some grace, give yourself some grace. And, you know, when you look up grace, that's, you know, divine strength, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's inherent in who you are. You've already got it, accept it, step back and let some things happen for yourself in life. I mean, you know, just like anything you plant and grow, right. And tend to it, you nurture it and, if you do garden, right, if you over fertilize something, you burn it out and you kill it, right? 
Yeah. Again. So I've heard. I don't really garden. So <laughs> I have heard. Right, right. So you burn it out. And mm. that happens when you try to, I mean, in drug use, right, with people that steroids or mm. methamphetamines or anything that you try to rush chemically, inorganically, mm. tends to burn out and leaves you kind of like a husk. And that's no fun. And yet there's a massive trend right now in the entrepreneur world, particularly where everyone is trying to biohack. And a lot mm. of that is using different chemicals, both natural and not so natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody's got to go on their journey, right? I'm not going to say, uh, I don't, I wouldn't have called it biohacking when I was doing it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when I was doing it, it was now, just like right? recreational, like, you know, just kind of going out and having a good time. You get to call it different things now and, and different applications. That's great. I know what you're doing now. Right. But is it yeah. great? Because like you said, it was called a different thing and we're now it's given a, it a nice name. Yeah. yeah that different Different application. I'm not one to say, look, I've enjoyed my journey, right? Like yeah. if depends on where it leads you, is this like, and you know, what kind of seed are you right? Like kind of really, what are the necessary conditions that are going to make you as an individual Carrie Marie evolve, right? Mm -hmm. Your conditions that make you evolve aren't going to be the same ones that make me evolve into the, you know, I always think of the skunk yeah. from Bambi. You can call me flower if you want to, right? <laughs> I love that. But here's the thing and why I bring it up is less about right and wrong in that question and more about are we actually, you know, not creating environments that are okay to be doing it differently? Because I think when we talk about suffocating, that's where I go, mm. right, is that, that suffocating, we're suffocating as a human race because we are not allowing others to have experiences and then bring those experiences to the table. Right. Yeah, no, no. Right. So what we're experiencing generally as a human, what are we doing? We're doing it through the lens of humanity, right? Uh, yeah. Through the lens of humanity. What we're experiencing really is external pressure. Yeah. Right. Versus allowing our internal expression. Mm. Right. So if you think about it, you know, that, you know, that they're going to have uh, similar results but one is forced right by you know the external pressure and again just kind of comes out in an anxious desperate way by pressure yeah. but if you figure out kind of who you are and you're true to yourself then you have the ability to express yourself as a human bring all that to the table and if you do that in a way that is you know true to who you are uh yeah. look not, nothing good ever comes out of fear nothing good ever comes out of desperation timelines are great sure to get mm. things done and have goals and that kind of thing but is that really bringing out the best of who you are? Okay, so I question that. Nothing comes out of fear. Do you know what? Fear has meant that I have pushed towards something that wouldn't bring that to happen again in my life. Mm -hmm. And so fear was actually my trigger to go, I don't want it ever to happen again. Mm -hmm. And so I changed the, or disrupted that pattern. So in that case, I would say fear drove me to actually make a better decision. Sure. No, I mean, look. So fear, I liken it to instant replay, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and the fun thing about the instant replay is that depending on which team you're rooting for while you're watching the instant replay, you see it going your way. You keep changing the view and the angle until you see your play, your angle. And fear is the same thing, right? You keep, you've got two options. You can keep playing it until you, you, you stay away from it, or you can keep playing it until you see it at the angle that works for you and you dive in for it, right?
So is it going back then to the same fear pattern that we are talking about right now? Or is this different? I would really love to understand what you're saying in this. Well, I, I think fear can hold you there, but you can also right. use fear as not necessarily the motivator, but like what is, you said, you know, fear was your trigger, right? Fear yeah. was triggering you not to be more fearful. Fear was triggering you to inspect what well, was Well, because I hated that. Fearful. Anytime well, I was fearful was right, right. So, leading me down yucky pathways that I yeah. go, I don't actually like being down those pathways. Mm -hmm. So you, you got to, uh, there's a guy named uh, David Hawkins, psychologist like over 40 books explores uh consciousness pretty well mm. and he's got like the have you, are you familiar with his work not no yeah so it's uh he's got like this ladder of consciousness right it's like logarithmic mm -hmm. you know and it, it's zero to a thousand like you know fear is kind of you know obviously in the lower rungs shame etc yeah and then you get to 200 which is courage and mm -hmm. and once you everything below courage is you know distasteful and just kind of low vibe, right? Yeah. For, for lack of better terminology. Once you step into courage, once you start taking some of those steps, like you're talking mm -hmm. about, you, once you step into, you stepped into leadership and you did it trepidatiously. You said tiptoe, mm -hmm. right? You tiptoe yeah, because you're well, like- Well, not so much leadership. I just needed to make a decision and I didn't want to make the decision. I've always been involved in leadership from a really young girl. Mm -hmm. It was kind of part of my life, mm -hmm. but to, go in there and then go, that's my niche. That was a whole different. Right. Well, so, so, you know, you took a courageous step, right? You, yeah. you let go of the shackles of fear, mm. right? And you took that step into courage. And since you didn't kind of go up into the ball of flames, since you mm -hmm. didn't incinerate, you got to explore that space. You didn't do it in desperation. You did it because this was a decision that you were making for yourself to explore yourself and the application in that space. Yeah, interesting. I would say that with global leadership space, yes. In the case of just leadership, I just didn't want to go there. It wasn't fair. I just didn't like leadership. I thought it was, I mean, I don't look like every other leader. I don't sound like every other leader. And I definitely don't do it the way that lots of leadership has been told. Here's three things. This is, and tell you how to be a leader. Like, that's not my jam. It was like going into a tribe that I didn't feel a part of at all. And I didn't relate to at all. What was your perception of leadership that you didn't like? Well, it was actually what I'd been involved in for many, many years through many different pathways. I had seen a lot of around leadership that I didn't like, and I didn't want to be a part of that. And I right. thought if you had to be a leader, you needed to sound like a particular way. And I was like, I don't think that's really, it's not aligned with who I am. Right. Right. So, you know, maybe it wasn't your perception. It was your experience in the leadership space that you were involved with that you didn't like. But that's in my mind, right? Not leadership yeah. as a whole, because leadership to me, it's different than that, right? It's not what we've been taught. It's not what we've seen. And it's not, you can't, leadership has wonderful intangibles. I, I agree with you. Like for the longest time, like 99% of my life, I'm like, I don't want to be in management. I don't want to be a leader. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. That's a lot of responsibility. Who needs that shit? I'm not down with that. I don't need that. Right. Yeah. But then when you get the opportunity to say, okay, what if we break that, you know, what if we break that paradigm of all these other leaders have ever done in their lives? It doesn't yeah. fit who I am. And, and to your point, what about if I, you know, th there are gaps that you've identified. You were saying you identify gaps. Somebody wasn't taking care of that. And you're like, yeah. I can't convince these, you know, fools over here who are leading in this way, who won't recognize it through the lens of humanity, right, to cover these gaps this way. 
and I've only got so much time left in my life that, you know what, this is going to be what I do. This is my purpose. This is my calling. And you know what? The rule book for this space is being written by me. And that's what you, that's what I see what you're doing. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I didn't think fools. I just sat thought I don't want to be a part of that because if I am a part of that, then I'm going to be doing that same thing. And I don't really want to be doing that thing. So I kept away from it. It's interesting. Like I've seen some great leaders, by the way, I've mm -hmm. worked with some great leaders across the globe, you know, and so I had seen that from a young age. I just didn't like all the rest of it. And I thought that it sounded like too much effort and I'd rather just be doing my thing quietly. Many people used to call me the secret source and I had the choice to stay as a secret source. And I know, I remember that crossroad when I had to go, am I going to stay the secret source or am I going to come out and literally come out and, you know, engage and be part and stand strong as a leader? Because I think as a leader, there's a, and we keep going back to this. We've talked about this quite a few times already in this conversation, but there's a responsibility. And I don't know that I wanted that responsibility to help be part of that change in the gap. And the funny thing is, I see it a lot right now. I see a lot of people who are beginning to realize that there's an awareness, a consciousness, that there is the need for change, that for things to be different, for us to realize that maybe human, you know, we have to come to the table as humanity first rather than last and in, in all our decisions. And I'm seeing it. I see amazing, awesome humans that are willing to want to get curious around that and to start stepping into it. What I'm finding, though, is that when you're stepping into it, there is a responsibility and that gap is still extremely wide right now. And that is an interesting one. What's the gap that you feel like you've identified or gaps? So in that case, it's the gap from awareness to taking ownership. And what's that mean? Like, I mean, what's well, whatever that? that is that's meant to be happening. And, and well, that's the great question. Like if we go back to individual, that can mean different things for different people, whatever you are meant to do. And some are taking it up or some are following. I mean, I have so many conversations on here of a lot of people realizing that they're just doing it because that is what is kind of been the norm or is the norm or expected of them in society or the systems they are a part of and then there's the other side of it where there are people who are going I want to do this differently and I'm really busy at doing what I'm doing at the moment I'm going to get to it soon but mm -hmm. I just need to do this right now mm -hmm. and then there's others that go I love the fact that you talk about the global space we talked about this at the beginning of this conversation and it's like, but that's kind of too big and scary. And I'm just dealing with what I'm dealing with in the sphere of influence that I'm doing in my own little community. And it might be a really big community, by the way. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, except that if we are to change what is happening on a global landscape from problem to solution, then it's going to take us as a collective to begin to take ownership. And that is the gap that I'm seeing really massive right now is that we know and people are saying yes that they want to be part of that change but then the ownership is mm. an interesting piece yeah the action the yeah. community the i wouldn't call it an uprising but how do you yeah. display that right how do you what is it that you do for that and i think that that that's huge right i mean look for myself example i, I would uh, gladly say that you know, there's things I want to do, but it's like, oh, now's not the right moment because of X, right. Y, Z, right? Yeah. Um, 
I could probably put a put a tag on that and call it fear, right? Mm-hmm. I could put a tag on that and just call it lack of knowledge. I could put a tag on that and say, you know, I wouldn't call it like imposter syndrome, but like I would say, well, who's going to listen to me, right? Type of mm-hmm. thing. You know, I mean, for example, like even putting the idea of putting a retreat together, right? Yeah. And, and it's like, well, I better come up with a business plan and, and oh, what's that going to look like? I got to put all the documentation together for like somebody to, to appreciate it and like get the loans or do whatever. Yeah. But the thing is, that's not the only way it could happen, right? Yeah. That's the way in my mind. And that's, yeah. you know, when we talk about awareness and consciousness, we're aware uh, generally, my wife and I were having this conversation earlier of like, what I know yeah. is so finite. Right. Yeah. By me thinking of it only being able to happen in that way limits what I'm trying to see, like limits my, you know, we talk about filters, right? We talk about this lens right here. So I've got this lens of it's going to take a business plan and X, Y, Z to happen. Right. So that's the lens I'm looking through versus, well, just going to throw that out there and see what happens lens, right? Anything could happen. I just got to start stepping into that direction lens. Right. So And so that gets that moment where you start throwing something out there. But I think it also means that, and and I don't know, and I'm questioning this, right? Like, is it because we're not making that priority? See, you said one of the things, I think fear is one of them, definitely. That whole thing of what we've talked about so much in this conversation already. But I also think that maybe it's because the other excuse that we may use is, and I think it is an excuse that it's not priority. I'll get around to it. I'll do it when I've done this. Well, mm-hmm. then the problem with that is it goes back to that conversation I said that I go, it's someone else can do this. I will just keep doing what I'm doing. I won't go into that space. And I think that that's so easy for us to keep doing. And we get to the end of our lives and we regret because we never did what we thought we were going to be doing or should do or could do and make that difference. And I think every decision we make has an impact, mm-hmm. whether it's a local one, an individual, a community, a, a global dis- impact. It's got an impact of some sort. Whether that adds value to humanity or not, that's your choice. What if we made decisions that we weren't just going to do it for about ourselves or our own sphere of influence, our communities, but that as a collective, we were going to stand strong together. What would that need to take for us to make that priority? And I think, yes, we'd need to not be fearful. And I think we'd have to make it as a priority. We'd also have to think about, you know, all our time is valuable. But so is the next generation. You talked about that earlier. Like, and I just think one of my things that I want to use as a lens is what I'm building out now is leaving footprints for the generations and the generations and the generations to come. Have you? Well, isn't that isn't that something that we should prioritize in what we're doing as we're going forward? I, well, you know, it's a great question. When you think about, like, I listen to a lot of you know, Vedanta Society, right? Hinduism stuff that's been around for mm. three thousand years, right? Aren't those those are footsteps, right? You're surrounded by yeah. like aboriginals, right? Like you've got people sure. out there that what was wrong with their footsteps, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I think that you and I are at a place where this becomes priority is a generational knowledge transfer, right? So every generation I believe has this, it's just work. You and I are experiencing it for the first time, right? Because mm-hmm. 
you know, or depending on like your space, but like, so now we're finding it to be very important to leave behind what we've learned by, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, everybody that came before us, like, all right, you know what? Yep. Uh, I believe everything that these people were saying. And here's kind of my translation of that through, you know, my filter, my lens, here's how, you know, this generation has been able to perceive it, to hand it off to the generation behind us. Right. And I think that that's kind of where you and I are is, you know, general knowledge transfer. Yeah. It's interesting because there's, and I think that that's the interesting piece is that I don't know that I do believe everything about every giant that I, you know, stand on the shoulders of, you know, but, and I don't think that everyone needs to believe everything that I believe. I think that that's a, a norm that we're used to. If I follow you, if I'm a p- connected to you, I must love everything about you. Oh yeah, no, I, no, I, don't, that, I don't, I don't want you to like, if you loved everything I did, that'd be great. It'd be weird. But then like, there's going to be things that I do that, yeah. that aren't going to be in alignment with who you are. And that's, yeah. that's, that's part of humanity though. Right. That's, that's correct. But this is what I want to bring this point up. Wasn't because I was disagreeing or agreeing with what you were saying. I was merely bringing it up because I think that maybe if we go back to what we just said before, that this is part of the reason that it's not prioritized is because we think we have to believe everything that person's about or what they're saying or and maybe it's less about that and going but we believe in humanity Uh and we believe that we want to see humanity going forward i mean yeah i mean i know i want to see humanity going forward i know but do we say this do we you know do we show that this is a norm that and and i wonder so that's where that conversation comes from for me is i question it because if it was priority, then we would be stepping up and owning this space. I mean, about. Uh, yes, I would have to say that it's becoming priority. It should always kind of be priority number one, mm-hmm. right? But somehow and throughout time, of course, the history, right? Mm-hmm. I point my fingers a lot to like in industrialized nations and, you know, corporations and needing to make a profit, making that number one. I mean, I just watched that movie called Dark Waters last night about DuPont where, you know, hey, you know, for over 40 years, they knew they were poisoning a whole community, but let's just go ahead and keep doing it because we're making millions of dollars, right? You, where does that make any sense to anybody, right? Like who's a guy, who are people that that think that that makes any sense? And at the end of the movie, you know, they said they're like, well, you know, uh, Teflon is, is kind of like uh, some indestructible man-made chemical that, you know, stays in human bodies for your entire life. And they're like, oh, there's like 600 other ones that, you know, that are out there that are in court, right? It's like, how is that evolution? How is that, to your point, you know, putting humanity first, right? Mm-hmm. What is it that you're putting first, right? You can say that you're creating jobs and giving people a living, but what's the cost? Yeah. And I wonder if that's the bigger question. What is the cost? We're paying it. I mean, we're paying it now. You know, mm. we're, we're seeing it. Some people, when they figure things out, they think it's a great industrial advantage. They think that there's benefit. You know, 20 years later, you know, what is it? The Romans, right? When they drank from all the lead glasses and, and got lead poisoning and mm-hmm. died, right? You know, sometimes fancy will kill you. Sometimes the next thing that, that you bring up that you think is a benefit to everybody is a detriment, asbestos, right? I remember when we were looking for our first house, the shingles were made of asbestos. Like, yeah, you could buy this house, but the, the shingles are made from asbestos. I'm like, what? 
<laughs> right? Why is that even still allowed to be on the building if you know that it causes it's crazy? Right. So, yeah, that's it's tough. It's tough. I think that a lot of the things. I mean, I can see both sides of the people that are freaking out about five G. Right. Mm -hmm. Look, we and, and we've got radio waves going through us just because we can't physically see them with our eyes. Does that mean that we're not impacted by them? Don't know. Right. But I uh, think because we're not bringing this and we're not questioning a lot of these things mm -hmm. that we then go around with our eyes with shutters on. If we don't know about it, it mustn't be a truth. And I, I say this a lot. I <laughs> that whole phrase of. I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then I go, yeah, but you don't know what you don't know. But when you do, there's a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that we forget that piece. Well, yeah, look. And, and we're not people. asking questions because we don't want to take responsibility necessarily. Or there's a fear that if we ask questions, we'll have to go in unknown territory. Yeah. Uh, I always make the joke, you don't ask questions you don't want answers to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you find out that uh, you generally, you know, you, you ask a lot of questions because you're afraid of what the answer might be. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. And then you're like, well, <laughs> all right. People still drink. People still smoke. People still do X, Y, Z. That just because you don't see the daily ramifications and buildup of it. Right. And we're mm -hmm. only doing it. And, you know, if we're lucky, like a 60, 70 year time span, we're not going to see the next 500 years impact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're like, well, I hope I make it out of this one alive. And that's really <laughs> our game. Right. Like, you know, and, and, and I got a newsflash. Nobody makes it out alive. <laughs> right. Um, so kind of and, and, you know, look, so I think you call it like through the stakeholders, too. Right. Like, mm -hmm. where do you want to put your stake in the ground? Yeah. Where do you want to stand up? What do you want to stand for? What's important to you? To your point, yeah. if it is a priority to you, then what, what's the you know, you're in this space, right? Like, you know, what shows up on your calendars and what you give your attention to is does your priorities, right? Yeah. So I don't think it's not up for us to tell somebody, you know, what theirs are. It's, it's to, to what you're doing. It's up to us to start going into that space, be dedicated to it, make it a priority. Yeah. And if people want to align with us, that's great. And if not, they won't, right? And you can't worry about that, right? The fear is, before anybody steps into it, it's like, what if nobody follows me? Like I always make mm -hmm. the joke of a uh, old school Remember with like Will Ferrell. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, all right, everybody, let's go streaking. And nobody <laughs> follows him. And he's just running through town. Right. Like that yeah. could be me. And you yeah. Know, like, and probably I, me too. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'd rather go streaking than sit in the room all night and, and wonder what would happen if I didn't go streaking. Mm. I just, you know, it's funny because I've done a full circle on our conversation because I've gone, well, what is the cost if we don't make humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. We're seeing it. I mean, we're living yeah. it. We're living yeah. it. We're living. So I think though, too, we're also at a tipping point because regardless of any, what are they called? Everybody's like, you know, ooh, regardless wow. of any conspiracy theory, if I choose, mm. I can say right now, humanity is being put first, right? Mm. Because we're like, hey, Everybody, if you go outside and you continue mm. to spread this disease, you could kill everybody. We're going to halt businesses. We're going to halt economy. We're going to stop this because you are important, right? Because mm -hmm. you as a human being, you're important right now. Is that causing a lot of breakdown? Yeah. 
and the reason it's causing breakdowns because nobody knows what the hell to do next because we've never been in this situation yeah. before. That freaks everybody out. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a continuum, if you don't have like a you know consistency, if you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring, you're yeah. freaking the hell out. Yeah. Right. That's where we are right now. But well, we're in an uncertain pathway. And right. that's where people are are afraid. The the fear were comes we back ever on a certain we were deluded, in my personal opinion, into yeah. believing that we that's ever had certain right? Yeah, right? exactly. So, so what this For is sure. doing is it's a shakeup to say, oh, whoa. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity for everybody who's been shooken up to really take a mm-hmm. look at where you spent your life. Let's say you, you have had a job for the past 15, 20 years at some mm-hmm. XYZ company shut down because of COVID really makes you take a look at what you've dedicated your life to and for what, yeah. and then say, what do I want? Where do I want to focus my energy on next? Because guess what? We live in an amazing time right now. If you could ever find right. yourself, if you could ever find yourself mm-hmm. in a more amazing time, space, or place that we are currently aware of, mm. where would you rather be? Mm. I think we've, you know, I'm pretty, you know, Elon Musk and, and somebody else, there's, there's plenty of satellite internet out there that, mm-hmm. that, that the latest one is really pretty awesome. So you can go globally, live globally. You can also go intergalactic right now too. Well, nobody's <laughs> offering me the ride, but you know, um, <laughs> You can get intergalactically and still connect to the rest of the world and still give value being who you are versus who you think you should be. And this is amazing. That's that's the connection though, isn't it? Right. Again, because we, we grow up, you know, we take Mm. the authority of our grandparents, our family, our parents, commercials, teachers, whatever, everybody else is an authority other than us. Right. Because Mm. I mean, hell, we burn our hands if we don't listen, right? Yeah. You know, so we take all that in, we stuff it all in, and we're like, all right, well, let's go out to the world with all this. That are, you know, these five people in my entire life have ever told me with their limited experience and knowledge, right? So we're vastly unprepared for what's real out there. And we think that, you know, we go, I, look, I went to work for money. I don't care, you know, mm. I don't care what anybody else went out there for. Yeah. Longest time I went to work for money. Yeah. Right. I didn't go to work to add value. I didn't go to work to, you know, rich dad, poor dad, learn X, Y, Z. Right. But now I've understood the difference as I've grown and applied some of this stuff. And this is the stuff I'm teaching to my children now. Right. So now's the opportunity that's, and if I choose, and if anybody out there chooses, that's okay Mm -hmm. to be the best goddamn parent you can be. Right. Agree. You know, past Mm -hmm. that, if your, your global impact is raising your strong, amazing humans, yeah, uh, and giving them the ability to look. I mean, you. How many lenses have you created so far, Karen Marie? Like, how many lenses in, in the shows? Right. So next month's going to be another lens. Give yeah. them the opportunity to say, "Listen, just because you see whatever it is you see yeah. today through the color yellow, next month we're doing blue." Right. Correct. You know. So. Yeah. Because I think one of the things that has come out of this, and to to back what you're saying there, is that we've got to see each other as a whole. We've got to see, and when we go to back to humanity as stakeholders, it's seeing humans as a whole to the table. So when mm. we make decisions, we don't just 
talk about us as a professional. We talk about us as a mama or a papa or a whatever that is, right? Like you said, bringing everything that you are to the table, right? Yes. Don't leave anything out, and that's yeah. that's that's we're seeing that shift. I believe we're seeing that shift right now. So again, I feel like you and I are living through yeah. that shift in humanity, right? There's the B corps, right? B corporations mm-hmm. that are going yes. through out there right now. So we get the opportunity to live through the shift. And I, I, I don't know what, you know, this is going to read like in history later, what revolution this is or whatever, but we're living through it. And I think that it's amazing because we're also very strong contributors to it. Yeah, I agree. If we own it. Okay. I think, I think everybody gets there. I think everybody gets there to a certain point. Right. And Listen, I talk a lot about Jesus stuff, but he had 12 dudes, right, at one point. And yep. you know, the expansion of what he had went pretty far. Buddha, I don't know how many he started with, but like, you know, the yep. expansion, I think it's up to us to maybe as individuals mm. kind of claim that space, you know, in coaching space, right? It's, it's, I, I look at the word coaching a little bit differently than, and I have no idea what it was intended to mean, but like you coax the light out of somebody else, right? How do I coax that out of you? How do I, how do I show you your greatness so that you can just kind of go and be all that you were meant to be? And again, if that means that like, I love the story. I tell it all the time of of the lady who was making origami the size of a quarter, you know, that story is great to me because she found what she loved to do and she was able to make a contribution in that. And that's what may have seemed small for what she was Mm -hmm. doing. She didn't make a factory of it. She was doing it by her hands. And she made like, in my mind, and in, you know, something, an indelible impression, right? Oh, mm. just please show up as you. And you I know, love that. Please show up as you, because all the way back to you in the start there, when you feel like you're being an imposter, it's because you're trying to mimic somebody else and not give in to who you are. Yeah. I love that. So if people want to expand more and know more about you, mm. how do they do that? Head over to spiritualdope.co, you know, my podcast there, which will have some links to Instagram and Facebook. But, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time just interviewing, having real uh, conversations like this in the spirituality space. And it says, uh, says, how do you, you know, connect with uh, all of who you are and integrate that with your entire life? So, you know, if you're up for more conversations around that, right, kind of centers around, uh, I personally wasn't super spiritual growing up, right? And I had the awakening experience called a midlife crisis, call it what you want. And I applied my lens of an awakening and being like, you know what? I wasn't living by making decisions. I wasn't living by making my own choices. I was making choices, but I was accepting choices somebody else were making for me as mine, mm-hmm. right? And when you you know, make the decision on your own and it's conscious with the desired outcome yeah. and you back it with not even like all of humanity, right? Like where we're connected spiritually, like, you know, through one way or another. And yeah. when you put that into all that you do, you get to change the game, right? You, you lead with your heart and it's great. It's a great feeling. And so when you're doing it to the benefit of all of humanity, no matter what it is you're doing every day for that, then you can wake up and uh, be excited about the life that you're living. <laughs> Love that. Okay. It's come to this time of the show. The only question that I ask the same on every show, and that is this. What are you taking from our conversation today? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the global piece of it, right? I'm gonna, I love that. You know, I listened to this question before and I, I pondered it a little bit. And I'm like, you know, what I haven't done is I haven't been playing big. 
right? I haven't been, it's not, and I hate to say like big or small, I, I don't think that I've been playing to uh, my greatest impact, right? Yeah. And so what's that going to look like? What is it going to take if, if I say, let's put this in a global sense of being instead of just a mm-hmm. microphone, right? Because mm-hmm. today it's just me and the microphone, yeah. right? You're there and that's great, yeah. right? But what happens if I speak in this microphone as though it's a global intent? What do you think might happen? I get, you know, so I kind of look at it as in, again, if when you go to Google mm-hmm. and you type in local, right? I type yeah. in local, I get a very small sphere, right? I get yeah. what I look for, right? So if I go into Google and I type in global, I'm going to see a globe, right? So mm-hmm. what I think will happen is, you know, I'll start to see things globally, right? Versus yeah. locally or or even microscopically. So my mm-hmm. thought is that, um, yeah, exactly it. I'll see it on a global level. Mm. I love that. And I think the whole global conversation is an interesting one because what makes up the global is the individual and the local and the communities. And that makes us up as a global. And I think that if we can just narrow that gap between us as an individual and us as global, that there begins an awareness of what could possibly be a change and how you can be whatever that is that you're meant to be in that change and bring that change across the globe. And I think that that's where we go, hmm, what this global space feels like, feels like what I know and what I can add value to and that I can be part of the change that is needed across the globe. And I think when you can do it that way and think that way, it changes and narrows the gap from this out there big thing that feels so scary. I love that you know, you're you bringing up the idea of you can show up and bring value, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of people think that you've got to understand that bring value doesn't necessarily mean that you bring money doesn't necessarily mean you bring a business sense, but it means you bring a continuation or you enhance something that may already be going on or whatever. Right. And sometimes bringing and adding value looks like shutting up and supporting the person you're standing next to. How can you support something by adding nothing? Yeah. And I say that I forget who it was I was listening to, but they were sitting in like a boardroom or something like that. Somebody gave like an answer Right. And, the, and, and then, you know, they asked the room if there was any other, any other things to add on to it. Somebody else added like, oh yeah, but you forgot yada, yada. They shut it down. They walked out the room and, and, you know, the person's like boss or whatever, like, you know what, sometimes half an answer is okay. Like, right. Like just let it go. You don't need, yeah. it was enough. Right. So to recognize also what is enough is adding value. Is it enough? So I think at some points, and again, this will go all the way back. Sometimes we're pushing ourselves and suffocating ourselves, not necessarily mm-hmm. to because it's not a priority, because we think we need to add more to mm. something that's already enough. Mm. And I think that's what I'm taking from our conversation today is that for us to add value, we have to come as who we are, and that's enough. 100%. But what I want to see is us knowing that we are who we are and that we add value and that actually we add value more as a collective when we can come together like that. And I think that's what I'm taking from our conversation today. Love it.
Mm. So if we were to leave people with anything today, what is it that you'd want to be leaving them with? A bag of cookies. Yeah. Whatever your favorite cookies are today, like, like you know, I'm thinking like I've always been an oatmeal raisin peanut butter kind of cookie guy. So you know, oh, you're talking about those kind of cookies. Those I kind of cookies. Know what? Nah, man. Uh, or digital dust too, for sure, for sure. Leave us with something we can find later. You know what? I think we covered it, right? You know, yeah. you show up as who you are, but don't let somebody else define that for you, right? Ask questions that. That. that help you to understand who you are because it is very challenging. We are the forest and the trees type of thing. We're stuck in the weeds, right? Find somebody that you know, like, trust, and admire mm. to get that information from. Be like, hey, listen, you know what? Here's how I'm trying to show up in the world today. Am I showing up this way? Do you yeah. see me this way? How do you see me showing up in the world? You know, again, using your lenses, like, you know, this is the lens I'm trying to be seen by. Is this how I'm showing up? And if somebody comes back to you and says, no, and you know, like, and trust them, be like, well, what have you done to show up in that way in your life? And if that works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, that's also great. Then you know that it doesn't work for you. Don't stop trying to figure out who the hell you are and you know, you're, you're on your way. Mm. Well, Brandon, thank you for being on the decision table today. Cause I truly am grateful for you in the way that you bring a gentleness, but a firmness within what you bring to the table. And I, really enjoyed the conversation in a way that I could deep dive into it. But I think also one of the things that has come so clearly out of these conversations, particularly with this lens of humanity as stakeholders is, I think us as humans, that it's mm. so easy for us to think we are communicating the way we want to. Mm. Well, that's why you get that feedback, right? That's why you man, I hate the, you know, the circle of five people that you spend the most time with thing, right? Like, but you are the average of the people that you spend time with, right? I didn't learn that or understand it or believe it or apply it anywhere until the past five years, right? But if I look back, I can see that that's true, right? Go be with people who challenge you. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Go with people who, and get their feedback. Do you want to be like that person? And sometimes yeah. the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is no, right? Sometimes you think that that's... I come busting because it's funny because I literally was talking about this in my head. No one else, just my head yesterday because I was reading up a whole lot of things. I try to spend quite a bit of time on Sunday morning to read and to use different lenses from different angles. So it just sets my brain off sometimes too crazy. And sometimes I'll have to send off a message to my team and they're like, okay, glad you had to get that off your chest. But they just let me be and I love it. But one of the things that I was thinking about was this exact thing about the whole, who are your five people and, and how important is this with being your five people? And then on top of that, going, if we are to have five people, maybe there's actually a room and opportunity right now as well to get rid of some people in your world. And I think that that's, maybe it's an opportunity where we now have to look at going, well, are we able to get rid of some people that are not going to be adding that value that we need going forward and not holding on to some of those people that maybe we've held on to? It can get or tricky, it, right? By the way, I don't know that I have all the answers on this, right. but I, 
question all of this. And it can get tricky, right? Because if you're looking for somebody to strictly add value other than just looking at them as humans and what is it that they bring, uh, what is the new thing, right? And I, that's, I think, a place that w- we trip ourselves up, right? Be like, if I want to go saddle up next to you, Curry, just because I think you're going to add value to my life, what kind of friendship, what kind of true thing can we bring to mm-hmm. each other, right? If I'm looking to you to bring me something, there's already a, not a good exchange, right? If I'm just looking to show up and hang out with you, that's great, right? And if we decide tomorrow we need to have another conversation, that's great. If we continue to have these conversations and we continue to elevate each other, that's awesome too. At a certain point, we don't necessarily outgrow each other. We mm. just go on different paths, right? Like uh, we're on our way to see the wizard, <laughs> right? You pick up, you know, you pick up like your four friends, you go see the wizards, you all figure out your journey and you each go your separate way in the end. You each pick up something really cool. You each change your lives and you each just said goodbye, right? What's next? And that's how, I don't know. I, again, if you do it with the intent of getting a return from somebody that you looked at, that can be to me, right? It cheapens the relationship. Hmm. And maybe we're doing it all wrong. Well, if I come to you and try to add value to you mm. and humanity mm. and it's the process, we, we always say it's the process, right? What happens with the results of that is less important than my intent. Mm-hmm. And if I can let go of, man, she didn't like me. This wasn't a good conversation for her. Oh, woe was me. Instead, I can say, and oh, by the way, you never want to talk to me again. Boo hoo versus I gave it everything I had. I put it all out there. I thought it was an amazing conversation. Yeah, It just wasn't a good mix. And that's okay. Right? But I think that's where it's more than okay because you are who you are. I am who I am. I've We've not been anyone different on this conversation. Right. And that is one of the reasons I like doing these conversations is that I didn't get to know you beforehand. I didn't mm. ask. I didn't even come on here and say, hey, Brandon, who are you? What do you do? And there's... Mm actual reason to that because so many identify with who they are because the world has put that onto them as a title or a thing and i want to get to know you as a human and by the way i've loved our conversation that's been a blast yeah and i think that that's where we learn we learn from each other and you talked about evolving this is evolving i mean i think we're doing it every day right i think we do it as a collective if we choose to recognize it that way. Again, that's a choice, right? It's a self-applied lens. You can choose to live by yourself as an individual forever and in perpetuity, or you can choose to join. And that's okay, either way is okay. Mm. So I'm gonna end this broadcast because I couldn't say it any better. Thank you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.